Hey, everybody, it's Mark Patterson. I'm back again with another phenomenal podcast called Finding Your Summit, all about people overcoming adversity and finding their way. And before we get to this great guest this week, I wanted to draw your attention to my website. We just updated it, and we updated it because we just won Best Picture for the Emmy for Searching for the Summit. I've been talking about this now for a few different months. We were nominated and it went from a nomination to an actual win. And so it was very exciting to be back in New York City. Along with that, again, I continue to fundraise philanthropy work for my daughter, Amelia, Amelia Everest. All proceeds go to higher ground here in Sun Valley, in New York and Los Angeles. We continue to try to help people. And it all works in mysterious ways in the way that all plays out, um, all tied together. So if you do go see the movie Searching for the Summit, it did win Best Picture, it's 30 minutes. It's very inspirational, and it's really about the drive and the why that I got into climbing and helped me get off that mountain because of my drive to, 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 to see my daughter healed and to help others along the way. We also have over 250 uh, podcasts, and um, if you go in and give a ratings and review on Apple, I'd appreciate it. And then um, it's going to help the elevate, elevate the, the popularity of the show. It's not about me being popular. It's about the show inspiring others like the person that we have on today. So I'm so excited because there was a particular song that this guy sang that helped me climb different mountains. There's another common friend that we have, Steve Azar, that sang one of the most beautiful songs I've heard, Sunshine. It also helped me propel me up and down these mountains. I heard the song recently, brought me back to actually – I think back in the 70s or 80s, maybe when it was actually originally um, recorded and produced Wildfire. But today on the podcast, I'm so blessed. I'm so fortunate to have him. His name is Jimmy Fortune. Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Mark. It's so good to be with you today. And uh, man, what an inspiration you've been to me over the time that I've gotten to know you, buddy. I'll tell you what, uh, what you've accomplished and everything. I'm so honored that you would ask me to be on here today to share the story with uh, the people out there. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I think the one thing that um, I, I've always done, this came up the other night after our big win, you know, at the Emmys and, and it's just like, Oh, you're lucky or, you know, did you plan this? And there was never a planning. I've always done things for the, the love of the game, the purpose, the passion. And that's really what has driven me. I haven't done something because I'm trying to get more Instagram followers. I haven't done something because I'm hoping that, you know, there's going to be a monetary payday or I'm going for an Emmy. That was never in the picture. I didn't start. I started off as it relates just to climbing because right. of a rough patch I was going in. When I started playing football, you know, way back when, you know, 89ers, peewees, high school, college, you know, I wasn't getting paid. You know, it, it, it took the energy, but again, it was for the love of the game. And the transition is you now have been an artist, a working artist for 40 plus years. I'm not sure exactly. Right. And, right. and, you know, I, I can only imagine in the early days when you were working bars at ski resorts and things like that, and you're just up there and you just want to play and that's your passion and that's your love. And, and, you know, there's ups and there's downs in everybody's career, but it's that through line of that why of why we continue to propel each other forward. So bring me back in the early days when you found that you had this special talent, your voice is unbelievable. And we'll, we'll sample that a little bit later. It really is. You I mean, like I would have traded in my athletic <laughs> skills if I was given a voice. I just, that was my, that was my blessing. But where oh, did man. you first open your mouth and something came out and this wonderful sound happened and you realized that maybe there's a calling here? Well, as far back as I can remember, I grew up in Virginia. If anybody ever saw the Walton's TV show, you, you saw how my family grew up. 
<laughs> I was number seven of nine children. Wow. And my daddy played mandolin, but my mom sang a little bit. And all of us kids just started singing. We sang in church and, and things. I thought everybody sang. I thought that you, you know, you walk, you talk, you eat, you sleep. Everybody sang too. Yeah. And I was six years old standing next to my mom in church one Sunday when I found out that wasn't true. There was a man that came in, stood next to me, and he opened his mouth, and, and, and this most horrible sound was coming out, and it really upset me, you know, and I asked my mom about it, and, you know, she proceeded to tell me that I had a gift, and um, the gift to be able to sing, and I'd, I'd go to school. I'd learn songs from uh, my sisters finally got a record player, and they they would they had these old records and, and things that uh, – and I would learn some of the songs off of the, the old record player that they had. And I'd go to school and I would sing to my friends, would give me a nickel to sing. And I kept walking around with a little money in my pocket thinking, hey, this is pretty neat. You know, I, I actually get paid to do something I love. Yeah. And um, when I would have done it for free, like you said. And uh, I was eight years old. We were pretty, pr pretty uh, poor, if I, I guess, the, to, for lack of another word. We lived in a real rural area, and uh, there was a, actually a dump near my house. And I went to that dump one day, and I used to go through it and kind of rummage through it, and I'd, I'd find toys and things in there that I could play with. But they were broken, but I didn't care. You know, I just, I, I just, we didn't have anything, so I just played with them just like they were brand new. But I found a little guitar. It had two strings on it. Somebody had thrown away. And I took the guitar home and uh, just kind of played around on that thing for uh, Mom and Dad couldn't afford to buy me one, so um, I would ask them every year for Christmas if they could, if I could get a, a guitar, and they really couldn't afford it. But finally, when I was about 12 years old, Christmas 1967, they were able to afford to buy me a guitar. I got a real guitar for Christmas, and I remember holding on to it and saying to my dad, I said, Daddy, if, if I can learn to play and sing at the same time, I'm going to make a living at this. And he told me I was crazy. He said, you can't make a living playing music. He said, why do you think they call it playing? <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I didn't listen to my dad. Uh, I just kept playing. And, and eventually after the first year, I had I had my first band put together. Uh, we were playing uh, uh, school PTA meetings, high school dances, wherever I could play. And as you said, I, I went out and I didn't care. We made a dollar. Uh, our first gig It was a PTA meeting at my Livingston Elementary school that I went to. And um, I remember making that dollar and we went out and bought a milkshake that night and walked about three miles home. <laughs> we blew it all on a milkshake. Uh, and awesome. uh, we were walking home and we had our guitars strapped on our backs, walking down the road thinking, man, this is the best day of our lives. We went out and bought a milkshake by playing music and, and uh, that started it all. And so from that moment on, I was, I was hooked and I was playing music uh, and singing wherever and whenever I could. And of course, I'm right. I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And uh, we hope to have it out by fall, maybe this year. So, but it's going to have all those stories in it in detail. And it, believe me, there's a lot of detail that goes. Uh, goes well, there's a lot of struggle, right? I mean, until, I mean, again, I, I think you are one of those guys, you're fortunate in my opinion, in that you've had a very successful career yet, yeah, at least, at least from, from the, 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 the circles I run in, you can walk down the street and people aren't necessarily going to mob you, right? You're not Paul McCarty, but I'm also not Joe Montana. So I'm not saying, right. but as you're going up and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're navigating your way through, through this, this field and understanding like, you know, what's the path, right? And we all have to figure out. So I'm trying to understand how this small kid from basically the Waltons 
you know, on this little farm with all kinds of kids and you're, you're, you, you, you rummage around for this guitar in a dump and you, now you're, you're, you're playing your first gig, you get a dollar, you buy a milkshake, you, you know, you've hit the home run and, and how this guy ends up going from Virginia to Nashville. Now I'm making some assumptions here about Nashville. I know that's where you live today, but you know, you ultimately ended up getting in this pretty popular famous band that we'll talk about in just a minute. But, you know, there had to be a path, right? The staircase of you going from the $1 milkshake to, you know, okay, you're ready for the big time. Yeah, um, of course, my motto is that uh, I've done more by accident than I did on purpose. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I I, I never had a a so-called plan. I just followed my heart as to what I, every time I, I would, I just made my main focus was to be able to play songs and play music. And I had a, I actually had a, a daytime job. I was at the time that the, the Stata brothers hired me. I was a service writer at a car dealership. And then I also had a, um, a part-time job as a kind of a janitor where I would um, go to places and like uh, holiday inns or places that had a restaurant that would allow us to come in and play. Maybe I would say, Hey, if you'll let my band come in and play, I'll uh, clean your dishes, I'll sweep your floors, whatever. If you'll let my band come in, just give us a chance, you know. And then once we got our foot in the door, then we were there. And uh, so I did, I played music, um, you know, for years. I was playing six nights a week, four hours a night, playing holiday inns, Ramada inns, Sheridan inns, things like that, all over Virginia, Northern Virginia. And um, I actually was working myself into the ground, but. Uh, I was, um, I had worked so much until I had gotten anemic and I was pretty bad off right, right before the Stata brothers hired me. I, I, I attribute a lot of the, well, all of the success to my mama's prayers. She prayed a lot for us kids. And, and I know she was real worried about me because I was refusing to say no to my dream. Mm. And I just kept following my whatever I was. I, I feel like today I would still, if I was, if I hadn't made it with the Stadler Brothers, I'd probably be on a on a stage somewhere in this country at a at a Holiday Inn or a Sheridan Inn or or somewhere playing music wherever it would be, or churches wherever wherever they would allow me to play. And um, but um, about 1982, I was January. Well, actually, it was 1981. Uh, back up a little bit. Uh, Thanksgiving 1981, I had off a night. It was the night before Thanksgiving. And of all things, uh, friends of mine were having a jam session. And uh, the girl I was dating at the time, I told her that I was that some friends were jamming and I was going to go. She said, you mean you got a night off after all this time and you're going to go do a jam session? I said, I said, yeah, I feel like I, re- I really need to go. And, yeah. and so I went. And um, and Lou DeWitt of the Stadler Brothers was there that night and uh, he heard me sing and uh, we met. And like I said, we talked a while and I thought, man, I just met one of my heroes. I just love the Stadler Brothers and I loved him a lot. And I I thought that was it. I said, I'd probably never hear from him again. And right after that Christmas, uh, right after that, I didn't know that he suffered from Crohn's disease. He was going to have to be out for a while. And so when the Stadler Brothers said, hey, who do you think we can get to fill in for you? He said, I know a kid from, I just met back at the, around Thanksgiving. He said, uh, his name's Jimmy Fortune. Lives, he lives only about 40 miles from here. He said, uh, maybe you could guys can give him a chance and see what happens. And uh, 
So that's kind of was kind of my break. But I, at the time, I was anemic. I was sick. I was run down, and I really needed something to to help me and someone to help me. And and when that happened, long story short, I was uh, I went over to audition. They talked to me, and uh, and then they I was the first one they actually auditioned. They already had twenty six other auditions lined up in Nashville. And so they told me, they said, we'll get back with you in, um, you know, in a couple of weeks after I went over and sang with them. And I thought, man, I got to sing with the Statler Brothers and audition. Yeah. Probably got something to tell my children one of these days. That's, that's pretty cool. Had no idea that I was, that I would wind up uh, being picked to join up with them. But anyway, they flew me to Nashville to give me the same chance they gave everybody else. And uh, I, uh, they wound up asking me if I'd do it. And I said, well, I, you know, I'd be an idiot to, to turn this down. And I, so I, I joined them for about, it was a temporary thing for about six months. Then when, uh, and then when I joined up with them, uh, uh, everything went really smooth. And of course it was like a fairy tale to me because I was making more money than I'd looked at and made. And say, say I was working three jobs to make $18,000 a year. Well, yeah they automatically started me out at, you know, like $36,000 a year and gave me these bonuses and stuff. And can, you can imagine what, what that would do for you. <clears throat> and, I, and I also had time to rest a little bit to kind of get my rest a little bit to, to, to be able to do what I had to do. And uh, so after I was there for about six months, uh, Lou decided he came back for a couple of weeks. And of course he wrote flowers on the wall, many of the Statler brothers, big hits. And uh, I, uh, I had no idea it was going to happen this way, but he said, I don't think I can come back and do it anymore because of my Crohn's disease. And he said, would you mind being a full-time member of the Statler brothers? And um, I said, well, you know what? I, I would really be stupid to turn this down. And I said, absolutely. I said, I, and I told the guys, I, I said, I'll stay with you all until you don't want to do it anymore because they gave me such a break, you know? And uh, so that's kind of how it all started. But uh, I, did it for years. So let me, well, hold on. Let me, let me break that down a little bit. So I, just so for the audience knows the, if you go back into the early eighties, um, the Statler brothers were big in terms of country and, mm -hmm. and, um, and I don't, you know, when, when bands come and go and they have these careers, you sometimes forget about like how massive these guys were on the country scene. And, and, you know, so you were able to step into a very established, well-known band that was working, you know, across the country. I'm not sure if you went out um, uh, of the, of the States, but irregardless, you know, you had a really good thing going and to be able to kind of step into an existing situation where you didn't have to try to root that already. They had a bunch of hits that were going on. And then somewhere in there, you developed your, your writing chops and you were able to have some hits. So we're in that process that were you able to, maybe it's because you weren't traveling as much and you weren't so run down, you weren't so anemic that allowed you then to take a time out and really start thinking about how this could all come together. And, and the true art of the business, so I'm told is the mm -hmm. writing end of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's where you really make your money. I, I was doing cover music for so many years that I never tried my hand writing because I was always learning other, other people's songs, you know. And, um, and I had no idea that some, you know, that, that uh, either something was developed, like God was developing me to, to, to eventually 
do that, you know. But after the Saddle Brothers hired me, you're right. I was I had found myself with some time on my hands that I didn't have before. And uh, I knew that Lou wrote songs. So I went to Harold, Phil and Don and I said, uh, I said, guys, if if I write songs, Harold Reed and Don Reed were brothers. Phil Bosley was still with the group. Of course, Lou DeWitt was there before me, but uh, Harold and Don were brothers. And uh, I said, if I write a song, would you guys record it? And uh, they gave me the most honest answer they could give. They said, uh, uh, absolutely. He said, if if the song's good enough, we will we will record it if you write one. And but we're going to be honest that if it's not good enough, we're going to tell you. And uh, you know, we'll just we just got to be totally honest with you about the song. And I said, well, that's fair. And um, it was literally that night we were on our way to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, to Oklahoma City to do concerts that weekend. And um, and so on the way there, I stopped in. I, I had already had a melody in my head that was a beautiful melody. I thought that just needed some words. And um, so on my way to the uh, bus that, that evening, I went by the grocery store to pick up some things to, to put on the bus for myself. And, uh, and while I was in there, I heard this little girl. Uh, it was in a shopping cart, and her mom was, uh, she was into everything. And this little girl's name happened to be Elizabeth. And so um, she was uh, getting on her about, you know, getting into things and everything. And of all things, there was another little girl, a little bit older than she was in the other end of the store. Her mom was talking to her. Her name was Elizabeth. And I thought, what a coincidence, you know. So on the way to, uh, I got on the bus on the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma. They asked me, um, they were real movie buffs, Harold, Phil, and Don were. And they said, have you ever seen the movie Giant with Elizabeth Taylor? And I said, no, I. I hadn't seen it before, and uh, but I watched it, and uh, another again another coincidence that that name came up, and uh, <clears throat> so we get to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're doing a show, and during the show that night, um, this young lady comes up and uh, grabs my hand, and she's yelling at me, saying, I'm, "My name's Elizabeth. My name's Elizabeth," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> Somebody's trying to tell me something. Yeah. I need." So I went. And put I put I had that melody in my head. I went to my hotel room and uh, that night and actually wrote a verse in the course uh, of Elizabeth. And I took it to the guys and played it for them the next day. And they said that uh, it was good. They wanted me to finish it to, and they would record it on the, on our first album. They did record it, and um, it became uh, my first number one song, and it was yeah. the number one song for the Statham Brothers. And it was song of the year for 1985 in country music. Um, so, so, so you gotta get. You've given us a great teaser. This would be a good opportunity just to give us like a, just like the uh, uh, 45 <laughs> seconds of of Elizabeth. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. All right. When I wrote it, it um, it was uh, just being a guitar. I was. Uh, I went into the bathroom because it's got a nice echo in there. So that's why. <laughs> but I'm not in the bathroom here. Don't so. go there right now. But I'll sing it to you just how it kind of came out. Sing a chorus in a verse yeah, of it. I love that. Oh, Elizabeth, I long to see your pretty face. I long to touch your lips. I long to feel your warm embrace. Don't know if I can. 
beautiful absolutely beautiful so so I'm, I'm imagining as you're as you're playing this i mean that's kind of when you're going through to have something somewhat polished but now you're bringing in the settler where they're they, they've got great harmonies and you guys are coming in at the right time and yeah, you blend that all together which is just and that's sort of something that's always blown my mind is the creative process like even doing this film searching for the summit with the nfl that right. I, that were, like i i was part of that you know i'm there's a lot of people a lot of hands in editing and i could only imagine this, the process is somewhat similar when you're creating a song of the, 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 the music instruments, the engineering, the, 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 the harmonies that come in, you know, all these sounds that you can enhance, you know, I can only imagine how much fun that is to take something from the ground up and then the end result becomes a number one hit for you. Yeah. I mean, it's all, they usually say it all begins with a song and that's true. But there's so many entities that have to take things that have to take place to get it to a certain point. I knew how to sing a song. I actually was a singer before I was anything. And then I learned how to play guitar. And then the songwriting came later on. But I did I did what I did. But then it takes other people to do what they do to get things to happen. Like you said, publishing, there's recording, there's the engineering, there's the putting it all together, the, the harmonies and everything. And we, and we go and build it from the ground up. And um, Harold, Phil and Don of the Stadler brothers were some of the best business people that I, that I had ever known. And sometimes, well, I think all the time you need a break. They had, they had Johnny cash. They went on the road with Johnny cash for eight years. That that's who gave them their break. Right. Oh. So after they were with him for so many years, then they went on their own, did their own thing. So as, as uh, as the handing off the torch, you might say, to me, uh, they gave me a break. And uh, in the process, I didn't know anything about publishing any or about recording or about anything at the time. So all I did was present the song and, and with the voice and how I wrote it. Then, of course, Don and Harold and Phil, they picked up the ball from there and actually, you know, got everything in order. We sat down and figured out how we were going to uh, perform the song and arrange the song. Then we went to Nashville, of course, to record it. Everything was kind of in place. And sometimes you, you know, you, ha you have to have a break. And I was in that position to say for somebody to say, hey, this guy has talent. Let's take this talent and let's try to do what we can with it. Let's try to to uh, to to harness it, I guess you might say, and to to make it what it is and to blend it in with what we do. And it became a success. It's incredible and, success. I mean, you guys had a number, well, not only the band have hits, but you had a number of hits, you know, in the top 10, several mm -hmm. number ones. 
And I, I want to like jump ahead just a, a hair because I, I, I want to. So, so I was randomly on the, I'm going to go back to where I started. I was randomly on YouTube or something. And, and there was this song wildfire who I, I grew up with. Now I know you didn't write the song, but you know, a lot of times the best songs are the people who actually sing them, not necessarily the people that write them. Not that whoever, who that the original singer songwriter wasn't brilliant in his own way, but right. what, you, what you brought to the table in terms of the, 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 the entry with the, the pianist, and then all the vocals and you know, just the beautiful instruments that were that were in play, it just it blew my mind. It really blew my mind. And and again, I am so inspired when I'm climbing. You know, most of the time when I go out and I, I climb every day, right? Yeah. Part of my training, I, I moved to Sun Valley. I'm at six thousand feet. I go up to ten thousand feet. I'm out there every single day. I was out there this morning. I climbed a mountain this morning at seven a.m. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I I, I, <laughs> I wish I could do that. I've got a I've got to make myself get out and start doing some things like that, even if it's just walking. But I admire you. I, I was, uh, you know, watching your the documentary and, and everything and uh, seeing you do what you did. I, I wish I had that. I, well, I got, God, I, 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 listen, I got good news for you because I'm coming to Nashville and we're going to get your, your, your behind in shape. All right. When I'm oh, well, there. thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I need somebody to kick me in the butt because oh. uh, uh, 67 years old is kind of kicking my butt a little bit right now. Okay. But. It's all good. It's all good. You look great. But um, I want to go back to it, it would be the biggest honor for me if you could just give me a little sampling of wildfire because it was sure. again it moved me so much and where I was going with my I'm up and down the mountain every day is most of the time I'm by myself and so by myself I I, I use that in a creative and a constructive whether I'm listening to a positive I don't listen to the history of the Mickey Mouse I listen to some factual. Like how is it going to inspire me to keep going in life and how can I get better? And I also do that with music and your the song that the version that you sang was so moving. I was so touched by it that I had to reach out to you. And that's how this whole connection happened is because of that small, what that one slice of magic that you created ultimately inspired me to keep going up and down a mountain, ultimately inspired me to reach out to you and say, you know, I don't know, you probably won't talk to me, but it's worth a shot. No. And you sure enough, you did. And you're very gracious. And so it would, it would mean the world to me if you'd give me just a little slice of heaven. Sure. I teamed up with, uh, most people are familiar with Bill Gaither a few years ago and we did a gospel project and, uh, and it went so well. And, and, um, that, you know, they asked me to do what, I, what I wanted to do next. I said, well, why don't I do some songs that inspired me growing up songs that I grew up with, and um, this song happened to be my little girl's favorite song. They love they they loved horses growing up, and so they always wanted me to record Wildfire. And uh, of course, Michael Martin Murphy wrote it, and I'm a big fan of his. But uh, I've always had this rendition of it. I guess you might say that I used to do in the bands back home years ago, and so I just took it in, into the studio just a few years ago and recorded it. But um, I'll do it for you. And uh, I just can't tell you what it means to me that you that you love this. Like, I don't have the. Yeah, I know. I, I know that. Well, yeah, you know, but you just you just jump in where you need to jump in and and do whatever. I I can imagine. I'll in my mind, I'll be playing the piano and all the other instruments that you had in the background. Oh yeah. Of the all right.
Jimmy, let me say this to you, buddy. So awesome. He is the one. He is the only Jimmy Fortune. Awesome. Beautiful thing. Listen, buddy, it's been great to have you on the show. You're oh. magical. You're beautiful. And, and hopefully when I'm down in Nashville, we can actually hook up. Thank you so much. Oh. I'm going to hold you to it. Hey, and thank you so much for listening to the Find Your Summit podcast. We are so glad to have you along for this journey. And if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, share it on iTunes, spread it to the planet. We're looking to broadcast this to every person that is out there because, as you know, everybody has their own summit that they're going after. Okay, if you're looking to follow my journey, you can find that through my social links on markpattisonnfl.com. That's Mark, M-A-R-K, Patterson, P-A-T-T-I-S-O-N, NFL.com. So until the next podcast, just remember, clear eyes, full hearts, and remember, it takes a little more to make a champion, so make it happen. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.